Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, here at the K Factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. Now, let me ask you a question. I am sitting here, and I am thinking about the ways in which kindness right now is just devoid in our culture in a couple of ways. Number one, and let me know if you agree, number one above anything else is the news and the way in which we have got so much going on that's so negative. All right, now listen, this is great. We've got our guest. Do we have Charlie Cartwright there? Good morning, Doc. Dr. Deb, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm doing fantastic. Of course you are. I was just introducing <laughs> to our audience uh, the the concept of the K factor where K equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it. And what I was saying um, was let's talk about what kindness really is and let's talk about a couple of things that are going in our culture that are just not kind. You know, we've got this fear factor that is way too alive and vibrant and we need to pay attention to that. And I think we need to go into overdrive on kindness in terms of not just our own personal psyche, but also that of our our immediate surrounding, you know, our, our most inner circle, not stretching out with our beloveds, our immediate beloveds, and being fussy and and we need to extend it one onion ring at a time, right? Uh, that sounds funny. <laughs> uh, one one unpeeling of the onion at a time, one concentric circle at a time, um, and then and then culturally, and think about our community. And you know, I'm thinking about this, and I'm I'm actually on your. Um, uh, I just posted a photograph of you on uh, on my um, LinkedIn page, uh, telling people to join us today. And I am looking now at your page on on uh, LinkedIn, and I'd like everybody to Google uh, Dr. Charlie Cartwright and and look at his uh, LinkedIn page because the formula that you have there. Charlie, one of the things I love about your work is that it's filled with kindness in addition to intuition and research and goodness and successful impact and the impact of success. And and I'm and I'm really grateful to have you here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for being for uh, for actually having me as a guest and for the opportunity to be here and I'm excited and looking forward to this morning. Yeah. Did I actually line this up with you appropriately, or did I make an assumption that I had you booked? <laughs> it, all, it, all, it all worked out, Doc. It all worked out. It worked out as it should, so I'm here, and uh, it, it's all good, so I'm happy about that. 
<laughs> well, big was that a kind? Was, was that a kind really, answer? Really good, strategically appropriate <laughs> answer. Thank you, Charlie. That was very gracious. So let me tell you all what's behind that. So Charlie and I have known each other for a number of years, and and have have spent more time virtually than in person, which now we can all identify with on a whole new level. But um, I had invited Charlie to be on the uh, the the Zoom call for the Missouri Venture Forum which you need to Google the, the Missouri Venture Forum. Um, and he was on there on Friday, and we had a great time. And, and that one we were really prepared for. <laughs> and, and I said to the end, Charlie, this went so well. Our audience is so jacked up about you and about our uh, alignment that we need to do more stuff together. Are you up for it? And you said, yeah. And I went off running, making all sorts of things for us. Yeah, I just forgot to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out though, so I'm I'm happy about well, that. Very happy, and it was so a great it was a great Zoom call we had too. Oh, wasn't it though? Well, at 6:41 this morning, I I, I texted uh, my dear friend here, and I said, "Hey, are you booked with me this morning for the after? <laughs> so thank you for being so gracious and so available. It's really it's delightful. So. Charlie Cartwright is a is a keynote speaker and a leadership consultant and an employee engagement expert and a and a workplace safety speaker. And you know, roll all that into where our culture is sitting at right now. And if you're at your well, you're somewhere that you're online and you and you're hearing us and so I want you to go to his people success lab and look at that formula. And and let's put it all into context, Charlie, in terms of this pandemic that we're right in the middle of. And by the way, the good news, my friends, is that New York has leveled off. And so they're saying this is great. We have had two days of no increase in cases. This is amazing. Nice. Isn't it? Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome news. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really awesome. And and so, um, how does that play into everything that 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 we're talking about, and that and that we're working on here together, and that you and I, by the way, uh, are launching in terms of our alignment and having having good work happen? How do you see all that tying in with the coronavirus and all that? Yeah, you know, it's this is really. <laughs> It's really been an exceptional time, uh, in, in, and not just in our lives, but in, in human history. And there's a quote I came across the other day, and it talked about character and how how adversity doesn't build character, it, it reveals it. And it's so uh, true, and you can see uh, just the behaviors that have been on display. But at the same time, there's also people that have taken their their activism, taken their their strong leadership traits to a new level and and this understanding, hey, this is choice, there's choices there. And we can choose to play play on our fears and, and, and go in that direction or we can choose to go into a higher vibration. And that's how my research plays into this, that there's actually a methodology that you can you can perform and practice to put yourself in the right state of mind, the right frame of mind, to be a leader in your house, your home, to be a 
a leader in your community to be a leader in your within your organization. And you don't have to have the title. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the behaviors that create great leaderships, great culture, and great environments, and just being able to lend a hand to your neighbor or check on your neighbor or check on a friend or a family member. I mean, that's that's great leadership in action right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leadership, you know, it's really interesting that you say that because there's a lot of people, unfortunately, who end up in leadership positions and they're, and they're not really quite there, right? percent and we're seeing we're seeing that all over the place right now we're seeing it all over the place and it's such a great opportunity to lead and to be helpful and to be kind and i think the the cream is definitely rising to the top and the ones that aren't you can you can see it uh very clearly that that's probably not their their role in life at this time is to to mm-hmm. lead because this is this is when leadership is really 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 needed, and uh, I think that there's definitely leaders that have strengthened their position and strengthened their organizations, and strengthened their families and strengthened their communities, and then there's leaders that've done the opposite at this time mm-hmm. as well. So what what kinds of things do do you do you use your your success formula uh, in all situations with with people, uh, not not just in um, the um, business realm. Like, would you advise people at home who are looking at this to be thinking to themselves, okay, how can I how can I use this formula? That's a great question, uh, Dr. Deb, and it's amazing because when I started putting this together and the research, it was 100% focused on business. That was my thinking is, hey, how can I give leaders, you know, a surefire formula, a recipe, right, to take out into to the world and be successful? Because when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, I travel all over the country. If I'm in Kansas and I order uh, a Coke at a restaurant, I know what I'm going to get. If I go to L.A. and I order a Coke, I know what I'm going to get. If I'm in New York, New York, I order a Coke, I know what I'm going to get, right? Because there's a formula, okay? So I was like, Mm -hmm. man, if we had a formula for leadership, then we could repeat success over and over again. But what I found is I started working with leaders and trainers, they would come back to me, and half of them, I'm telling you about half of the feedback that I received is about how much this helped people with their relationships at home, how much it helped their marriage, how much it helped them deal with a, a stepdaughter or a son or mm. a, a stepchild. It was amazing to me. And I rem- and I had no idea, of course, because I was just focused on these principles and, hey, this is how we treat people and our people. And then uh, the audience then took that and said, well, hey, I'm going to apply this at home. So now, so now when I teach, I teach it more holistically in that, yes, this is great for business and it's going to do so many wonderful things for your organization and your career. But on the flip side, it's going to help you as much or more in your personal life because these these are people principles. And so it's about success Mm -hmm. with people, you know, regardless of your endeavor. So that's really the, the cool thing. And then the beauty of it is it's the right way to treat people. 
And not everybody grew up in a home environment or was raised in a situation where they learned all these things along the way. I certainly, I certainly wasn't. So when I got out into the real world and started working, you know, I realized about my first career was at UPS. And so four years, year five, I got promoted. And I realized when I got, I remember I was so excited I got this promotion. And I was in training for an entire month in sales. I was a I loaded trucks for a year, and then I went driving for four years, and I was a I was a floater. So I think they term that called X. I was I was I was I ran X, and so basically what X is is you're a lower seniority person, but you've got some talent and ability as far as memorization skills and things like this, because this was before GPS and all that stuff. So. When you had to you had to memorize these streets, right? Yeah. And uh, so I could run I could run any in town route. This is in Lincoln, Nebraska. I could run any in town route there. So I so I was very valuable because whoever was on vacation or somebody called in sick, they could plug me in and I could run that route at the same level as the as the driver that 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 was on that every day. Well, when I got promoted, I was so excited to go back to my facility. And, you know, in a suit and tie and the whole thing. And when I walked in the door, I, I'll never forget, when I walked in the door that day, it was very clear that no one else was happy for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I got, I really? Mean, I don't remember that part of the oh, story. My, That's horrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like opening up the, the, the coldest deep freeze. I mean, just that, that draft that I got. And so then at that point, I realized, wow, people don't like me. I've rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, I, and I didn't even know. I didn't even know it. I didn't even realize it. And so from there, uh, thankfully, about uh, it's probably six months later, I, a gentleman gave me a Zig Ziglar tape, a cassette tape, and the tape was all about positive mental attitude. And uh, one of his sayings was, "People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care." These were foreign concepts to me. Never heard of such a thing. And I remember I wore that tape out and and bought another series of tapes and started reading books, and, 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 it, and it led me to where I am today. But that was a life-changing event. But because of the household uh, that I grew up in and the things that I was actually taught that weren't correct, but I was a little kid, grew up. I took it as gospel because at that time in my generation, people didn't – question leadership and question someone in a leadership position, someone in authority or an adult. So if my dad said something, ah, it must be true. My mom said something, ah, it must be true. One of my grandparents mm -hmm. said something, ah, it must be true, right? So I came up mm -hmm. with that and had all these these false beliefs, <clears throat> right, that were that were negative and were hurting me and, and my relationships with other people. I didn't even know I had them. So once I discovered that and started working through it, then my relationships began to change quickly, and then the results that I was able to achieve began to change very quickly. And, and, I, and I like people, and so that combination is really good. And then once I had success in business, then the, the, the last mission was, hey, how can I duplicate this? You know, and then also how can I teach others to do the same so they don't make the same mistakes uh, that I was making early on in my career? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of onion layers to my story, but that that's definitely one of them. A lot of onion rings. <laughs> a lot of onion rings. A lot of onion rings. 
so I am posting while we're while we're on the phone. I posted your picture, your photograph, and then I also posted your your um your icon for your business, which by the way is spectacular. I mean, I I just absolutely love it. Will you um indulge me and I want and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm listing what the initials mean. So C is compassion. W is work. L is love. What? It's yeah, C is care. Care to the power of warmth. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Oh God. All right. So see why I need your help? Okay. Warmth. (laughs) Oh, I love it even more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Warmth. L is love. What is A? Appreciation to the power of authenticity. Uh, see, this is, we got to really, we got to really teach this, Charlie. It's so powerful, you know, and, and some of these concepts, what I've seen over the years is leaders, great leaders will, will naturally or maybe intentionally perform maybe three or four of these and they're super, they're really exceptional, but there'll be, mm-hmm. there'll be parts of missing parts of missing and mm-hmm. human beings are the most dynamic creatures on the planet. Right. And I remember right. talking to a friend, a friend of mine and he said, well, you know, I think your formula is too complex. He said to me, he said, I think your formula is too complex. And he was well-meaning of course. So I think your formula is too complex. <laughs> and, uh, if you could just break it down into three things, three things. And I was like, well, people are kind of complicated <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if you think about it. I mean, we're made up of 37 trillion cells, right, that are all intelligent, by the way. Yeah. And then we don't have, we don't have one brain. Uh, we don't have two brains. We have three, right, the one in our skull, the one in our hearts. There's uh, 40,000 neurons in our hearts. There's 100 billion neurons in our skull and then another 100 million in our gut. So that so we actually have three independent brains that work congruently to view the world and make decisions. And so when we understand that, that one complex creature on the planet standing or sitting in front of me, when I'm communicating with them, I need to be intentional and I need to understand that being and one of the ways is to know that I need to communicate with all three of their brains at the same time, okay? Mm-hmm. And those three brains mm-hmm. have different functions. And so if you understand that, now you can be intentional and be successful in that communication because if you only get one out of the three, you're not going to swim. Two out of the three, maybe. Exactly. You go three for three, you're going to influence them. And so that's, that's the key to one of the big keys to this concept. So let me continue down this list, and I want to come back to that. M is what? M? Mm-hmm. Did you say M? Yeah, um, the letter it's, M. It's, that stands, stands for meaningful work. And um, P? PM is progress in meaningful work. <laughs> okay. And then what is O? Ownership, and to that, and that's to the power of approachability. Ah. And I want to say one thing about this formula too, Dr. Deb, is when I was conducting my research, 
I didn't look at just one field. You know, there's research, psychology, there's research in construction, transportation, healthcare, manufacturing, food production. You name the industry, they have research on how to motivate and how to influence people. But what I noticed yeah. is that all all these these different industries have research, but they're not talking to one another about their research. So I was like, wow, what if I took all the research that I found and coalesced it, and, and, and what picture would it paint? And that's the, the People's Success Formula. So it's a conglomeration of all the research that I could find that's out there about how to influence, positively influence human behavior. Put it in one spot, and now we can be successful. You know, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know, human beings are absolutely, and I'm posting this, you'll tell me if I've made any mistakes and I'll edit it, but, you know, one of the things that I that I keep thinking about is the one of the alignments, you, there's a lot of alignments you and I have, you know, friendly and outgoing and, and um, you know, very, very much concerned about people and wanting to do things that are going to make an authentic difference, not malarkey, not just operating off of, oh, I think that's a good idea, let's run with it. Although we do that too, but backing everything up with research, you and I are both research educated, uh, skillful at, at being discerning about good research that's valid and, and reliable and, and research that's just somebody's pretending. And I, and I think about your success formula and and I think about build the strength within in the in the years of research that both of us have put into these things, and I, and I think to myself, you know, is is people are trying to figure out those three brains, and and I am and I am um, talking to them about building their inner strength. Everything that we are both working on is ultimate kindness. The kindest yes. thing that we can do in our life is help people live clean inside of their own self and then feel good about what it is that they're able to offer the world if, that emits from them. It's just so, um, it's, it's amazing. And one of the things that I've talked about over the years while I've been doing this show is, you know, kindness is actually the ultimate currency because with kindness you can buy your way into anything because not in a corrupted way but with genuine kindness people are motivated they want to give to you they want to be helpful they want they want to help you get what you want and it's really the only way that things happen right it's so true and that's that that's that gut brain one of the functions of the gut brain is when we meet another person, that brain looks at us and compares us to every other person that that individual's met in their life, right? And it, mm. this happens in point zero three three milliseconds, right? So just uh, blink of an eye, it's we're evaluated. So that's where the authenticity comes in. When we're authentic, people know it immediately, and they gravitate mm-hmm. to it. On the other hand. If we're not being authentic, they recognize that too, and the walls go up. And so there's that saying that you don't have a second chance to make a first impression. It's very true. It's very true. And there's there's a science around that because 
When we stand in front of another human being, all three of their brains are evaluating us uh, in an instant. Mm -hmm. And it's so important Mm -hmm. just to be ourselves, like you said, our authentic self. And the great thing about being authentic is that no one else can do it like you because you're unique in the world. And people have a fear of that, I think, for sure, is that, wow, if I'm really who I am, people might not like me. And that's and that's legitimate uh, fear, right? It's it's definitely there. But once we understand that p- there's certain number of people that aren't going to like you anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? They're not going to like you anyway, regardless. You could, if you're giving away free money, there's people that aren't going to like you. So once 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 you get past that and say, hey, when I'm myself and your tribe, they're going to gravitate towards you people in general are going to gravitate towards you because you're being authentic and no one has that blueprint, but you. And it's so interesting, Dr. Deb, you know, every human being has got a unique fingerprint. No one has, even twins don't share the same fingerprints. So we're all unique. And the more we embrace that, the better, the better our lives and our experiences and our relationships become. You know, one of the things that, that I've, I've coined the term, yeah, and I and I've always done that. <laughs> I like making up words. Uh, wordsmithing is such a. Uh, I remember as a child, I would ask my parents how to spell a word, and they would send me to the dictionary. Now I have this dictionary. It's the old unabridged version. You know, it's like six inches uh, thick. <laughs> and they would say, "Well," and they had it on it on a on a book stand. Can you believe it? I grew up in a house with a library. I'd go into the library and go <laughs> flipping through this thing. And, and I'd say, well, how am, I supposed to, how am I supposed to look up a word to learn how to spell it if I don't know how to, if I don't know how to find it because I don't know how to spell it? And they, and they would say, go try it phonetically. And by the way, while you're in that dictionary, learn all the other words because what you want to become is articulate. And I thought, articulate? Articulate? Well, what does articulate mean? Go look it up in the dictionary. So I got hooked on this. By the time I was about seven, I was like, articulate. I'm going to be articulate. So when Mary Poppins came out and they were talking supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, Gus, you knew how to spell it before anybody else. And, you know, so I think I got a raise in my allowance or something on that one. But um, the idea of everything else that we're talking about in the midst of, of kindness is also the factors that lead to it is authentic, holistic well-being. When people talk about wellness, they are so often being so superficial and thinking, well, it's just this one thing. Ah, I don't want to make it complicated. Kind of like the guy who said to you, well, what? It's a complicated formula, Charlie. Why don't you get it down to three things? Well, Okay. Uh, all human beings need to do is eat, sleep, and drink water. It, it, you know, <laughs> there you go. All right. And, and then exercise. There you go. Okay. And then we just keep it really simple. That's wellness. Well, it's not. The research is so clear. It says very clearly, repeatedly, you can, you can uh, eat the best diet. You can exercise and get your heart pumping. But if you don't have your head in the right place, you can have a heart attack while you're exercising and drop over dead. Because you're yep. like you're running and you're and you're just furious about something, you know, or just really stressed or anxious about something. We have to get our head in the right place. So when I'm when I'm talking about building the strength within, much like your formula, you know, I've got these eleven self assessments I want people to do that represent the areas of the self that I want people looking at. 
And and it includes and, and here I was told that this was revolutionary not long ago by a guy out in New York who um I was talking to him about branding and redoing the website and all that. And he said, you know, the thing that you talk about that nobody else talks about in terms of wellness and well-being, and using the terms authentic, holistic well-being, is financial. Your fiscal, not your physical, but your fiscal comfort zone. If you don't have your fiscal comfort zone in check, like, you, you, you know, I don't care if you have too much money and you think everybody is, is only wanting to be around you because of your money or you don't have enough money to take care of yourself, you have to be in a comfort zone in terms of your fiscal reality and you have your relationship with money straight or wellness escapes you. And in your people's success lab, people are going to have a hard time with their warmth and their caring because they're cold on the inside because they're freezing because their money factors are off. And people don't talk about that. And So true. Yeah, so one of the true. best things. So true. But I think one of the best things that you and I can do in, in in our connection to each other, and especially during this time, is bring our two formulas together. Your formula, my blueprint, and offer this up to people like we're talking about it today, and teach people, hey, listen. If you want to survive this and not just survive it but thrive your way through it, let's really spend the time on doing the work because you're never going to have another better time than right now to really get your head on straight. And the demand is high for everybody to get their head on straight right now. Don't you agree? Big time. And I've I've just sat here many days since all of this started and just so grateful that I've put in so much work over over the years to get to this level and <clears throat> without the work it would really I don't know it, it's scary to think about without out the work because I've really had to dig deep man I was this is this is what all the work all the things I went through in my entire life prepared me for what we're going through right now. I have no no doubt about mm-hmm. that. And without without mm-hmm. that preparation it would be a real struggle, a real issue. But I've had to dig deep, but I've I've had somewhere to dig to, right? What is that mm-hmm. what is that uh saying? You know, dig your well before you're thirsty. And that mm-hmm. that couldn't be more true today. Wow. Yeah. Suddenly I need to drink of water. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 amazing, and I think to your point, growing up, there's two terms that I never came across. Right, one of them was financial literacy, never came across that term, and then emotional intelligence was another one, and that definitely wasn't taught in the schools. And those are things that I had to acquire as an adult. And the beautiful thing about both of those is they can be acquired. You can you can learn and emotional intelligence even if you're not uh, a high EQ person, which is the abbreviation for emotional intelligence. You can acquire that and grow in that space. And uh, the people's success formula really helps people with their their emotional intelligence. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I am I am looking at what the offerings are. Um, from people 
during this time. And, and one of the things I think is really interesting is we've got so many people trying to figure out how can they take care of other people. And I don't know that they're necessarily thinking about that old axiom, which we all grew up with. You've got to love yourself first. You've got to get your act together first. And, and, I'm, and I'm very concerned about some of the people who I see and who, by the way, I've dialed into their, their online activities and listen to what they're saying. And I actually had to practice techniques during their conversations because listening to them just made me anxious because what they were focusing on was their fears. What they were focusing on was the news and here's what they said in the news today. Now let's interpret this. You know what? Let's not because if what we do is we want to fire the negative neurons, we're going to keep reinforcing the negative thinking. And I, and I work, to get that point across to people when I'm when I'm guiding them, when I'm teaching them, when I'm counseling them, you know, I'm I don't do therapy with people. As a doctor of psychology, I educate them, I guide them, I consult them, and 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 give my consultations to them in in dialogue, whether it's written or or spoken, and certainly behaviorally, but. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about how many people in this incubation time are not allowing the fun to come into their life. I'll tell you two funny things that I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of video, and I've been doing Facebook Live. And <laughs> I now know that Facebook Live, when you're doing it, it cuts you off at just about 57 minutes. And I know that because <laughs> I was doing one yesterday. I did a, I took a drive. I'm in Chicago right now, and I took a drive from downtown Chicago. And, by the way, I called the police department, and I called uh, local government, and I said, look, I'm going to want to take a drive on Sunday and go into my home city and be downtown and on Michigan Avenue and on Lakeshore Drive. But I'm kind of afraid, from what I've heard from the news, that you might pull me over, you might give me a citation, or you might arrest me. And throw me in the clinker, which, by the way, I wouldn't do well under any of those circumstances. I don't even want to get pulled over, let alone, you know, handcuffed and put in, in uh, Sing Sing. And they started laughing as they were listening to me. I said, I'm going to be alone in my car. This is who I am. Do I have permission? Well, I guess they don't get many of these calls. And and what they told me was, <laughs> you know, where you see the police with the barricades, don't go. And they, they, they've cordoned off the parks on the lakefront, and they have cordoned off the beachfronts. But you can do Lakeshore Drive, Michigan Avenue, and, and you know, certainly Sheridan Road. And I said, okay, well, that's great. And, you know, I drove downtown, and I was, I was driving down there. I was thinking to myself, i gotta, I got to do a Facebook Live. This is beautiful. It's quiet. It's a beautiful Sunday. Normally there'd be all kinds of traffic and people out because it was uh, probably like around uh, 11 o'clock or so in the morning, and if you're down there at 6 or 7, it's pretty quiet. But no trash, no groups of people. There were people on bikes. There were uh, couples walking and, you know, families with maybe two kids or one one child. Nobody on their cell phones. People talking to one another instead. And, and and holding hands, you know, if you're if you're together and you know that 
you're both okay. You don't you don't have any symptoms or anything. It's kind of late to back off from one another if you're already in a in a connected intimate relationship. But it was so beautiful. So I put on Facebook Live and I gave people a tour of the city and and my city and told them what the different neighborhoods were. And every time I would do that, I'd say, now listen. This really is about authentic, holistic well-being, my friends, because I, and I kept thinking about your success formula. This is about taking the idea of compassion and caring and, and being uh, concerned for the well-being of others and thinking about how you can be building upon your, other, your, your inner strength every single day doing something that's pleasurable. If you don't want to leave your house, then get in the car with me virtually <laughs> and, and look at the truth. I must have had like 60 or 70 people jump on that Facebook Live. I had no idea that people were even paying attention. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, and then I did it again yesterday, and all of a sudden, boom, it was over, and I thought, oh, I, I taped all that, and it's gone. Well, they turned it into a video. So there's a, an hour-long video on my, my, my personal Facebook page. And what I want to do uh, continually is things that are really fun and lovely and videotape them so that people can see, you know what, I'm not putting myself in harm's way. I'm not putting anybody else in harm's way. But gosh darn it, I'm out. Like I, I, I ended up at the beach yesterday, it was 75 degrees. There were people, you know, some people, not many, in the water. Everybody stayed away from one another, but we, we soaked up the sunshine and the warmth and the vitamin D and the breeze. And people are missing that because they're so scared, some of them. They won't leave their house. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And that warmth and that fresh air and that sunshine is such a healthy thing, right? I mean, it's it's one of the things that will keep us healthy during this time. So, so tell me, Charlie, um, we've talked about your formula in the and the personal um, practice of it for you being a model for our entire life, and I think it's I think it's a perfect integration into authentic holistic well-being is to use your formula that way. Tell me what what are you doing in terms of surviving and thriving right now? Um, your your habits and how they how they intersect with that beautiful formula that you've created. Which, by the way, friends, if you're on if you're looking at the internet, I'm telling you, you got to go to Dr. Charlie Cartwright here on LinkedIn and look at what he's written and what he posts and what that formula is. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, so one thing is for sure not consuming all the the fear that's out there. Uh, Staying away from that, and even even beyond this time, I don't I don't watch the news. If something's big enough, you'll find out about it. But I don't make a habit of watching the news because it's just built around fear and negativity and all these things. And so I do a lot of reading. And so that's something that I've really focused on is, is my reading. And, and by reading, I mean things that are going to be uplifting, that are going to uh, push the envelope for me uh, to take me to another level in terms of my research, in terms of 
becoming a better human being, right, in terms of becoming a better mm-hmm. consultant or even studying things that are going to help me become a better speaker. Then also taking advantage of this time to network even more, and I've I've really enjoyed exploring Zoom. I've had more Zoom calls in the last two weeks than I've had in my entire life. And matter of fact, I upgraded my account. I got the pro version now, so I was really proud <laughs> that I was able to get on there without without my IT friends having to walk me through it, because that's usually how it happens. i got to get my, my IT friends to help come over and help me out, right? Hey, can you come over? Yeah. My computer's not acting right, you know? And, uh, funny. And, uh, and so I was so proud to get that going and didn't really just connect it with some interesting folks that have a lot to offer, high energy, and they're doing some great work out there. So just so it's been great to in, in, improve as far as the quality of my network, and then also grow it larger. So been able to do that, and then some projects. I'm writing my, working on writing my third book, so I've I've been spending three or four hours a day on that, and that that's going really well. <clears throat> and uh, then beyond that, I also started working on a project. Uh, it's been a couple of months ago. And we're creating an app, and I won't say too much about that app, but it will be released this summer, and I'm really excited because I think the app will be a great addition to our society, our culture, and it'll be another way to bring people closer Ooh. together. And so I'm really excited when we get – we're about to release that. I'll bring you in on it. and I'm really excited about that, that app. So, And that's been a blessing yeah. that – through well, now, and it's now so interesting. I want to ask a thousand questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's going to be exciting. I think that it's really, I think it's going to do a lot for our culture in a positive way. And and the great thing about that is it, you know, it's 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 built for the the smartphone. We got about three and a half billion people on the planet right now that have a have a smart smart device, and so just being able to put something in, in in there that's useful and that'll prove the human experience, I think that's a win-win for everyone. So I'm excited. So been working on that as well. And just a lot of exciting things going and, and chomping at the bit for when we can get back to traveling and shaking hands and all those things too. So so that's what I've oh been up God. to How during this time. That? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, right. I, I mean, I, I hug everybody. <laughs> Right, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's, I I really miss that, so I'm excited to get back to that, and and it's going to be, and I think most people will, right? And I think they'll embrace it yeah. in a way they haven't in the past because they realize how important that is. Once it's missing, they'll get back to yes. it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's a um, there's a game that you play with little babies when you're first taking them. <laughs> like to the YMCA and teaching them how to get physical and, and, and be in classes for new mommies. And you take their arms and you spread them out. I'm doing this, of course, like anybody can see me. And then you have them wrap their arms around themselves and, and sway back and forth saying, hug yourself, hug yourself. <laughs> and it's a good exercise to do in the midst of all this because you're at least getting the self-embrace. So um, tell tell us, Charlie. And by the way, people on a um, on our call on Friday afterwards were contacting me saying, "Hey, does Doctor Charlie have a book? What did he write? What's the book?" 
So tell us about your first and second book and tell us about the third book. So the reason why they don't know about my first two books is because they haven't been published. <laughs> ah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've written them, and they haven't been published. So the first one was a ch- children's book, oh. and that one is based on a game that I used to play with my kids. I just made it up, and I would play this game with them. And so my my oldest daughter, when she got to be, I think, 12 years old, she went through a class. And so she could start babysitting kids, and it was CPR. She had to get certified in that, and she had to get another certification or two certifications that she could start babysitting kids. And so she'd come home and say, oh, Dad, you know, I play this game for kids, and they love it. And so over and over again, she kept saying that when she would go back, the kids would always want to play that game with her. So then one day I said, oh, maybe I should write a children's book about that. So I sat down and wrote that book. So so that'll be that that'll be another one coming out in, in 2020. Then I and so uh, and that one's Adventures of the Pillow Monster, right? Then uh, oh, I, I wrote it. a book and it's called The Golden Egg, and it's the Golden Egg Principle. And basically, there's a parable that I tell about a golden egg to kick off my workshops, and then I relate that back to business. And it's a really fun parable. You get audience participation in it. And then at the end of it, hey, here's here's what all the, the entities in this parable represent. Oh, man, so it turns the light on. So then when I start going through the training and I refer back to it and connect those dots for people. So that's really fun. So the golden egg principle. Now wow. this third book that I'm writing, now this third book that I'm writing is really interesting because what I did was I went back, and of course it's taken a lot of time, but I went back through all of my LinkedIn posts, all my LinkedIn posts, and and putting those in, into chapters. Hey, this will go into this chapter, this will go into this chapter, this will go into this chapter. So instead of saying, hey, I'm going to write a book about the people's success formula, or I'm going to write a leadership, or I'm going to write a book about <clears throat> improving better relationships, what I'm doing is writing chapters. And so each chapter is its own entity right now. And so when I went through, and I've got quite a bit of content to go through, but when I went back through and separated all these things and then added data to support all of the, the, the points, I'm going to look at the chapters that I have right now. I have, I think, 23 or 24 chapters written. Then from the chapters, I'm going to take those and, and divide them out into one book or two books, however it ends up. So I'm I'm taking that approach, and that seems to be a lot more efficient when I'm into mm. really specific subject matter versus trying to write a book about one topic and then trying to figure that out. This is it's flowing a lot quicker, and and I really mm-hmm. and I really like it. And then I'm basing that on my posts that really resonated with the audience. These were things that mm. people really that really resonated with folks. So that's exciting. One of the chapters is on fear, of course, and and talking about that. And I have a really different concept on fear than most people do. And so that that take is, is good. And, it, and when we have those discussions, it's always a fun, fun discussion. It kind of opens people's eyes. Hey, I hadn't thought about fear that way before. So, you know so that's what? what I'm, that's what I've been up to. Would you would you talk about that because we've got so much fear going on here right now? I have a feeling that you're going to tell us 
something that's going to make us feel better. Yeah, that's for sure. So I've heard, and and you always hear fear talked about as it's this evil entity, right? And it's bad, and we got to get rid of it, and dismiss it. And really, fear is something that's there for our protection, right? And so <clears throat> one of the things I, how I came to this is this. I understood that, well, you know what? I decided to make fear my friend. Well, once I made fear my friend, then I understood what it was trying to communicate with me. You think about any friend, that if they're trying to explain something to you, and you constantly ignore them or dismiss them, well, after a while, they're not going to want to be your friend anymore, right? Because you're not listening. Mm-hmm. And why should I tell you anything? You don't listen. As a matter of fact, you might become an adversarial relationship. So a lot of people have this adversarial relationship with fear. So here's an example I'll give you. So and I, I gave this to my son, and it, it really, he really understood it. I said, okay, so you have a test. And the teacher, let's say it's a chemistry test. And the teacher tells you, hey, midterm, you're going to have this test, and it's going to be 50% of your grade. The teacher told you that first day of class. So your mm-hmm. fear says, hey, better study for that, right? Better study for that. So he's listening to his fear. So every week he's doing his homework, and he's doing everything that he needs to do to prepare for that test. So the day of the test comes in. I said, what's your fear saying on the test day? Nothing. Quiet. Why is it quiet? Well, because you did the work. So the fear is like, right, oh, this is great, no problem. But if you haven't done the work, if you weren't listening to your fear for those nine weeks leading up to the midterm, man, your fear is all over you walking in that test. I told you, what were you doing? You you know, right? And you're scared to death. Okay? So the same thing. So let's say I'm in the wintertime, I'm driving my car. It's icy, whatnot. My fear is saying, hey, better slow down, icy conditions. So then I say back, you know what, I got my, my radial tires, I'm driving 10 miles under the speed limit, you know, we got pretty good roads here, they salted them, they treated them, we're good. My fear is quiet. So it can really be an ally, and the acronym I use is what fear stands for, it's just a friend, it's a friend that's explaining approaching risk to you. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a friend that's explaining approaching risks. That's all it's trying to I do. I love that. Right? I love so it keeps that. you yes. from jumping off of, hey, you can't jump off that building. You know, we won't survive a 30-foot fall, right? Or, and so it's telling you things, but what happens is when it gets out of control, right? And so so what happened with fear, like we're, we're getting told all of these things by the media, and they're not putting them in context. Hey, you know, 150 people died yesterday in the coronavirus. Okay, compared to what, though, right? Well, we've lost. Yeah. Compared to what, right? There's no context, so people are scared to death, right? And, right, and how many people, people have died people, from flu, heart attacks, right. car and, accidents? And that's one, yes. Right, that's one of the things that I put out there. I had a group, <clears throat> oh, it's probably been a week or so ago, and I had run the numbers at that time. <clears throat> and I said, okay, I'm going to use the high numbers here because that's what they use on CNN, right? And and I was I was I was putting these first these first few months of 2020, and those are high flu season months, right? So I said the high number mm-hmm. is 30,000 people in this country have died from the flu. That's the high number because it's an estimate. We don't have an exact number for whatever reason. So 30,000 people have died from the flu. 
And at that time, we were, you know, under 5,000, I think, for coronavirus. So putting it in context in the same time frame, right, if we were reporting on the flu like we are now, then people would be, oh, my God, right? But it's a, that's a normal year, flu year, but most people don't don't know that. So that's where our fear can get out of control. So what we need to do to quiet our fears is really put things, find a way to contextualize, and then it brings it it brings it back down. I mean, how many people know that in this country, 2.8 million people die every year, okay? That's just the number. 2.8 million in 2017 died in this country from all sorts of causes, right? So mm-hmm. when we look at those numbers, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's not bad. Yeah, it's bad when people die. But there's a reason why there's people not walking around 130 years old, 140 years old, right? Because we get to a certain mm-hmm. age in our lives where our body has broken down and it's not able to defend itself the way mm-hmm. that it could before. And so the people in that group are really susceptible to this, this virus, but they're real susceptible to the flu and a lot of other things too. So not minimizing, but just contextualizing. And that really helps us with our fear, putting things in context to say, okay, I got this, right? I'm keeping my social mm-hmm. distancing. I'm eating right. I'm doing all these things. So, and I'm not in this high-risk group. Or if I'm in the high-risk group, hey, I do need to really be extra careful because I'm in this high-risk group. I'm not in the high-risk group. Follow the protocols. No need to be afraid. So, yeah. Isn't it amazing the way that we can turn things around and have a different emotional response because of our thoughts and then have a different physical response because of our thoughts. <clears throat> because 100%. the way that we put it together there. Yes. Yeah. And and that is mind body medicine. Right. It's so amazing that the other thing about this which really bothered me with the people that are reporting news these newscasters reporting on this. They have no they have no medical background. So they're talking about things they don't have expertise in at all. And one of the things I know from the mind-body connection is that if people have a strong enough belief in something, they'll start to manifest the physical symptoms even though they don't have the virus. There's famous studies out there where they blindfolded people and they took a piece of paper, right, and rubbed it across their hand. And one group, they said, hey, we just rubbed a piece of paper across your hand, right? Then another group, they told them, hey, we rubbed poison ivy, a leaf, across your hand. And it was a pretty significant, I can't remember the exact number, but it's a pretty significant number of people manifested symptoms from being touched with poison ivy. They had been touched by a piece of paper, right? And so that's how powerful the mind that's how powerful the mind is. So getting these strong messages actually can make people sick, you know, in their in their with their mind can actually make people sick, actually make people manifest the symptoms that they're talking about. It's so powerful. Yeah. And especially if you don't if you don't understand that connection, you're really susceptible to yeah. it. Yeah. That's that's why um when I was in graduate school, I uh, my master's research was in cardiovascular medicine, and I wanted to find a way to get people from being hypertensive with high blood pressure to being normotensive. And Dr. Herbert Benson, a cardiologist out in Harvard, 
had gotten so frustrated with the rate of uh, repeat offenders, so to speak, people would come in, he'd heal them up, they'd go out, they'd come back. And, and it was just this ongoing. And so he created the relaxation response. And it's a beautiful patient. And every single person in my in my study went from being hypertensive to normotensive because we taught them this. And it's a way of connecting <clears throat> excuse me, mind and body in a method that is credible. And by the way, I invite all of our listeners to Google Dr. Deb Carlin meditations and find that that is available for you. It's 15 minutes long. It's on YouTube. It's on the website. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful exercise to learn, and it covers everything that Dr. Charlie Cartwright and I are sitting here talking about. And, Charlie, believe it or not, we've been going on for an hour. We've got about two minutes left to wrap it up. Isn't that amazing? It went. That felt like 15 minutes. It went fast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you and I um, will talk again later in the day, perhaps, if we both have time. I'd really like for us to be setting up webinars for people so that people can see us, learn from us, be part of a mastermind group that we can put together and take them to a higher level of being. What do you say? I'm a hundred percent all for that. So I'm, 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 I'm excited for that journey. That's for sure. All right. Sounds like an all in to me. Absolutely. I'll tell, Absolutely. You, what I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do differently the next time. I'll give you advance notice. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be awesome. <laughs> It all worked out. It all worked out. So it's all good. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What a good sport you are. Thank you so much. You bet. Uh, Friends, tell them them what your website is real quick, Charlie. PeopleSuccessLabs.com is the the website. And then on LinkedIn, I'm the company Culture Doctor. So Okay. Uh, there we go. Yeah. All right. So, friends, uh, it's my pleasure to have Dr. Charlie Cartwright here. He is amazing and lovely, as you have all heard. And I appreciate you being here. And I'd like to remind you, this is the K factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. Be with us again every Monday and Wednesday at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time for an hour of conversation and learning and fun, enlightenment, and feeling better fast. This is your loving host, Dr. Doug Carlin, signing off. Peace out, friends.